Welcome to Ascended Masters at Work Radio with your host, Shirlene Reeves, the world's business success coach and author of Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom. Live on BBS Radio, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, where we focus on taking the right step-by-step actions towards generating a consistent business income. Listen in as Shirlene empowers small business owners with one-on-one coaching and her million-dollar business blueprint. On Ascended Masters at Work Radio, you'll discover the secrets to building an effective, income-generating business. Find the answers for selling your programs and products without rejection. Get the solutions for building a strong financial foundation and learn from one-on-one coaching with Shirlene Reeves and her guests how to develop integrated programs so compelling that your clients can't resist saying yes. If you wish to be coached now, get in the queue by dialing 888-627-6008. Each business owner is selected on a first-come, first-served basis. Now, let's welcome your host, business success coach and certified financial educator, Shirlene Reeves. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm so glad you're with us tonight because we have a great topic on leadership. I always love talking about leadership because it amazes me when I see how people actually do lead and how many times they're given an opportunity to lead and they fail miserably. And, you know, I've seen it time and time and again in so many businesses with many employees And I had my own business. Some of you know I had 23,000 people across the nation that worked under me and then another 17 inside. And, you know, leadership isn't easy when you have that many. And when you're trying to get everybody on the same page, it makes it even tougher. So one of the most drastic situations that I, I actually see with people is that they aren't able to listen to others. They aren't able to take into their heart what another may be sharing or possibly they might have a really good idea that you haven't thought of before that needs some thought. And yet many leaders will just ignore or poo-poo whatever someone else is saying and it might be a really great idea and that's how we run into bad bosses oh my gosh you know these bosses haven't been trained so that they can really listen and hear and work with their employees in a way that empowers their employees along with themselves and then some even some leaders or some bosses will even take credit for a lot of work that someone else has been doing. And then it makes them want to fall back and think that maybe they aren't as good as they thought they were, or maybe they don't have great ideas when in essence, they might have a new idea that we've never thought of before. So when I talk about leadership, it could be an entrepreneur who leads a community like I do, or it could be a corporation. It doesn't really matter. Leadership is leadership. We, we kind of start with leadership right at home when we're trying to guide our kids. And one of the saddest leadership experiences I've ever seen was, you know, I only worked for maybe one year for a boss. 
And I have to tell you, it was one of the most difficult things that I've ever experienced because I felt so low on the scale. I felt completely unimportant. And there was no kudos for anything that you did, no celebration for completing any big steps. And then I just felt like I wanted to quit. I didn't even want to stay there. It was really, really a sad situation. And I hear about that from many, many other employees. And then here's another thing I'm going through personally right now where I'm releasing my book. We're doing a big launch on selling through your heart. And it's going to be in San Diego. And I have a whole community that is supporting me. And I think that they're working with me as well as they are because we share common ground. We really care about each other's success. And it gives each of us an opportunity to learn something new that we didn't know before. And if we can give specific positions away or jobs away and then not try to meddle on what they're doing and watch how they bloom and how they bring their expertise into the light. It's really empowering as a leader because then you know that everybody's getting a benefit out of whatever it is that they're doing. So this wonderful, wonderful woman that I'm bringing on tonight, I happen to meet her at an event And, you know, she was just standing around eating some cheese and I saw that she was by herself. And for some reason, I kind of gravitated to her. And, you know, sometimes we don't know why in the beginning, but it'll be presented in the long run. It always is. And this woman, for the past 12 years, she's worked with over 2,530 leaders. So if she doesn't know how to show us the way tonight, we've got a big problem. And she's worked throughout the United States providing leadership training and coaching services, all focused on understanding and applying leadership strategies to improve their power as a leader. And that's the big thing, I think, with a leader is to show those who are working with you that they have power, too, and they have benefit to add and creativity that you may never thought of as a leader. So let's welcome Dr. Janet J. Sawyer. Hi, Dr. Sawyer. How are you tonight? Well, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on this show. I love the way we started it off without talking about leaders. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. And you know, I just love working with you so much and you bring so much positive energy and you're a person that everybody can always depend on and there's nothing better than that for a leader. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in leadership. Well, you know, my background is in education and I taught for 22 years at kindergarten through seventh grade and then I decided to leave that classroom and so I had been leading in the school as a, uh, a teacher leader, um, but I still didn't see it as leadership. I was just sharing ideas with people that they tended to like, and it really worked. Then I went on, and I got a, a master's in leadership. 
and decided to leave the classroom and go into being an administrator, and I became a principal. I had middle school kids. I had 1,600 sixth, seventh, and eighth graders and 150 staff members. And any time I tell people that, especially mothers, they just all go, oh, my goodness, because you know middle school is crazy time in a parent's life, but it's an exciting Mm -hmm. time in the student's life. Anyway, I loved it, and um, I, as I, when I was a principal, I became a doctor in leadership, and leadership uh, seems to be something that is a passion of mine. And as a, a leader, as a principal, I became Colorado Middle School Principal of the Year in 2002, and that was creating a professional development program for teachers to learn and grow together on a daily basis. So then I went on, and I retired after 33 years, and started working with an educational research firm. And like you said, I worked with over 2,500 leaders across the country and a little bit internationally. And what I shared with them is the research about what teachers needed to see from their leader. And then it correlated to raise productivity and student achievement. And it came out that there are 21 behaviors that leaders must intentionally be aware of when leading the people they serve, because today it's not about the people working and serving their leader. It's the leader who serves the people. Mm, I love how you put that. That's excellent. So, and I agree with you 100%. It is the leader that serves the people. And that's why I was saying that it's so important to give recognition to people when they do so well. That's right. So... If you believe that it's the leader that serves the people and you have difficult people to work with, what is the answer for that? Well, when you have difficult people to work with, I feel that um, you don't know who you are as a leader. It's so important. You know, one of the things in my business is leading with power for positive performance. And the power really comes from the leader being very self-aware of their own leadership behavior. Because once they become aware of their behavior, they will be able to shift. And then all of a sudden, the people that they serve, when they get upset, the the leader won't see it as um, going against the leader. He will be able or she will be able to shift their leadership to meet the needs of the person that they serve. So that's why it's so important that leaders understand the behavior so that they can learn how to plan for them. And then they're not caught off guard when someone comes to them upset. And it's very easy for them to sit back and listen because that's the first thing you have to do is listen. So you're saying the first thing we have to do is listen to become a self-aware and intentional leader. Would that be right? Yes. Okay, and when you say listen, who are we listening to? You're listening to the people that are coming to you, the ones that serve you. Remember you just said somebody that's difficult and comes to you? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. what, happens, what happens in a lot of cases is leaders will take offense and they'll put their defenses up instead of stepping back and listening to gather knowledge about why that person's upset. And that is one of the behaviors that came out, the 21 behaviors, is gaining and gathering knowledge. 
so that you know how to respond. And a lot of times leaders will respond in a negative way, thinking that the actual person that's working for them is being defiant or disrespectful. Hmm. And then they get fired, and it really had nothing to do with that, right? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you've lost a really good person off the team that you shouldn't have left in the first place. And then they leave feeling like they're unimportant and that they haven't done their job. And it's it's a really difficult situation. Don't you agree? Oh, I do. I do agree. <clears throat> but when you start to understand what the people are looking for in your leadership, then it's not so difficult <laughs> because then you now know how to plan for your leadership, no matter if someone's upset or happy. Now, if you're going into something new or a new job and you are the the manager or whatever in a new job, you're still a leader. So how would somebody enter in to the best of their ability so that everybody feels as if they're a part of it? Well, the first thing, uh, that that's a, that's a good point because that's one of my clients. It's just the one you just mentioned. They get a new job. They did a great job. They got a promotion. They got a new business card that says manager. And then all of a sudden they have an office and they have a name tag. And they're very excited. And they go into that room, and the first person that they lead comes in there, and they start talking about, we don't know what's going on, what's happening here. And all of a sudden, that new leader is saying, what have I gotten myself into? Because mm. they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. That's one of my clients right there. Mm-hmm. It's someone wow. new going in. What I call that is um, a level being promoted into a level of incompetence. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to expect because just because you did a good job in in your company and you got promoted, when you become a leader, it's very different than when you were just an employee. Oh, absolutely. And it's really lonely at the top, too. Then suddenly nobody wants to step in and support you because you became the leader, you became the manager, and the rest of them didn't. It makes it really tough. You know, it does. But, you know, Shirley, one thing I found as a leader, now, when I was coming up in the leadership rank, people did, they always said that, oh, you know, it's lonely at the top. And I never really understood that because I was not the type of leader at the top. I was the leader in the group. And so I always had people around me that were smarter than me, that knew more than me, and I get happened to open the door for them to do the work that they needed to do. And so I always felt pretty surrounded by gifted people. Mm. And that's mm. what my work does. Once you understand that it is not lonely at the top, when you are using and working with the people you serve, you are not lonely. So let's talk about that. You know, how how would you go into a business and take over when all of the, you know, even if you weren't moved to the top, that you came in from the outside? What do you think is the best approach for people to utilize in, in order to get on everybody's good side, so to speak, so that you can all work together? Well, I think the first thing, I know the first thing I did, and I think the first thing that the research shows is 
you need to go gather knowledge. For the first three months, you know, in a lot of ways, you need to just go around and find out what's going on. I remember I had focus groups, and I would bring different people from different departments, and I would have focus groups, and I'd have three questions. And one of them, of course, was, what do you love about working here? And uh, what is one thing you wish to be changed? And what's one of the gifts you bring to the school? And and just let them talk before I started going and making changes. And that way, you start to get to see and meet and create the relationship. That's another behavior, creating relationships um, with the people that you serve. And then you can start to strategize and start to move people forward. But first, you've got to let them know you, and you have to get to know who they are. So that's what mm-hmm. I suggest to every leader. Gather knowledge. Boy, I sure learned a lesson once when <clears throat> I spent a lot of time with the boss, and I'd go to lunch and do that kind of thing, and then the people in the office became very upset with me about that, and and with my boss. And I think it was because, you know, we were spending that time together and they weren't. So how do you deal with that? I mean, that's, that was probably one of the toughest situations I've ever been in with because they all got angry and I was expected to lead um, the team in accounting, but they were so angry with me. I couldn't, I couldn't even have any impact. What do you do in that situation? Well, you have to be brave, and you have to get with those people and ask them, why are you so angry? Mm. See, a lot of times, um, in a lot of situations, leaders don't spend the time to find out why people are angry. And so they just go off and, and say, well, I don't know why they're angry. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Instead of just sitting down with them and say, just tell me why you're angry. And they'll tell you. And every time you listen, and you listen for the fifth thing someone says, I'm going to tell everybody out there that's listening, when you start to listen to somebody, don't say anything, and then start taking notes at the fifth thing they say, because it's like peeling off an onion. The first thing they say is going to sit. It's always going to be, you don't care about it. Mm. And then they're going to say, you never asked me my opinion. And then they're going to say, and so if you just sit back and listen, by the fifth thing that they say is really what the real issue is. And this is something I had to learn as a principal, too, because I used to react to the first two things they said. Mm-hmm. And then they go off, and I think it's settled, and it's not, because I never listened long enough to see what the real issue was. And most of the time, the real issue is they did not feel valued, and they haven't been able to have the time to share what they feel. And you'll hear it every time. But you've got to and, listen. And they even, they'll gang up on people and enlist other people to participate in their anger. That's another oh. thing. Oh, sure. They don't want to feel by themselves. But guess what? They're not. I remember mm. that I would have a person speak out in front of 150 50 people at a faculty meeting. And he always, always tried to make people turn on me. And I remember taking the time, showing up in his office at 6.30 in the morning and, and, and at, talking to him about it, just confronting it. Because a lot of times, 
a lot of these things can be resolved if we just sit down and talk about it. And then once we talked about it, what I realized is he didn't feel that his ideas were valued. Mm -hmm. And so from that day on, every month, when I was going to have a faculty meeting, I went to his office at 6.30 in the morning, and I took the agenda, and I would listen to everything he said, and then I made sure that I addressed it in my faculty meeting. Do you think I had any more problem with him? Probably not. He felt valued. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that helped me because he's not rallying up the truth. <laughs> yeah. But I never, I never felt that he was speaking alone. I never felt. Anytime there's a complaint, just times it by five, times it by ten. It's just that that person has the courage to speak up. And a lot of people don't. So I've never looked at one person complaining as that being that person. I always mm. looked at it as being 20. Oh, wow. So that's why. That I could be really cute. scary. No, I think it's pretty great because I'd rather <clears throat> somebody step up and be courageous and say what they're upset about than to bury it and, and create all this animosity among the troops because they will. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you from an employee's side, how would they address their manager if the manager really doesn't think much about them or what they have to say and tends to steal all of their kudos, so to speak? What, how would you address that? Well, you know, you know, Shirley, there's something you do in your program, and I do it in mine as well, and it's called the DISC profile. And, and that, that profile helps uh, when you take it, and you know it only takes 10 minutes. It's very fast, but it's very accurate. And what happens is it, it kind of lets you know who you are, what kind of energy you put into four different focus areas. And... Once a leader knows those four, and it's the D-I-S-C, it's called the DISC profile, and mm -hmm. I know we had to take it with sales. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why is you've got to understand who you are, and once you understand where how much energy you put into your D and your I and your S and your C, whoever approaches you, you will shift as a leader, and you will shift into their energy field. So say, for instance, I'm a high D, and I like to call it, uh, I use the, uh, taking flight, so I like to call it the eagle. Mm -hmm. And the eagle has a parrot, which is the I, which is about people. And the parrot goes to speak to the eagle. It's going to be important that that parrot, which is the employee, understand that she's talking to or she, he's talking to an eagle. So... That person that's coming to your boss has to change and raise up their area to match the person they're talking to. Oh. Just like you said in sales, it's important to understand who you are as far as a DISC so that whoever comes up to you at a networking group, you can shift your style to match their style. And that way you're communicating in the same way. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, if people don't realize how they communicate, they can't shift it to meet the needs of the person that's standing in front of them and let them communicate the way that person hears them. Hmm. Okay, now I had uh, Midori Verity on a few weeks back, and we were dressing this. And for the listeners that weren't listening to that show, you know, you're talking about the eagle and the parrot. Could you tell us a little bit about maybe the characteristics of the eagle as opposed to the parrot? Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, the eagle is a big picture. They're the soar. They soar. The eagles soar, and they have a keen eye, and they look. They look at the results. They're results oriented. They're about the bottom line. They're very direct. They don't have time for all this chitter chatter. Now we talk about a parrot, and I'm a parrot. We are goal. We're group oriented. We're very optimistic, and we're enthusiastic. And if I'm going to use myself. I'm a parrot. Well, I like to talk, and I like to be excited, and I'm always excited about what I'm doing. But if I'm the employee as a parrot, and I'm walking in to talk to my boss, who might be an eagle, I can't come in there talking all happy and optimistic because they want to get to the point. So whenever, so as as an employee to understand who your leader is, you have to shift so that I, when I go in to talk to that eagle, I better not go, oh, my goodness, I'm going to love this. You're going to love it. You're going to, they don't want to know that. They want to get to the bottom line. What do you need? Mm-hmm. Very specific. Boom. <coughs> and it's done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I totally so get that. Yep. That yeah. makes perfect sense. So when you when you're talking about the eagle, you're talking about the D, right? Because yes, the D. Um, mm-hmm. And we have this information in my new book, Selling Through Your Heart. You'll be able to really look at this and define who you are as a person and who the people in your family or the people you want to work with are, so that you know how to relate to them. Doctor Sawyer is right on with this, and <clears throat> I agree with her a hundred percent in how we approach people. It's all in how we approach people. And if you try to take a parrot and give them the bottom line and you don't give them a bit of a warm-up and and rub their feathers, they're not too happy, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And, you know, the dove, you know, the dove, they're all about relationships and keeping harmony, and that's your S. Mm Mm-hmm. And and that's important to know because sometimes eagles have doves as secretaries. And that's a really good place for them, too, don't you think? I mean, being a dove, they take care of the nest. They make sure that everything is in its proper place and that things are going to get done, right? That's right. But say, Mm -hmm. for instance, they have an eagle boss. And the eagle boss comes in and says, I need this, 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 and keep walking. Well, the dove thinks, oh, my God, they don't even care about me. They didn't even say good morning. Can you imagine if I talk to you, that eagle, and say, you know what? The next time you talk to your dove secretary, just ask her how her day's going and then spend time listening to it. Mm-hmm. And then say what you need. Just 
that tiny shift can change the relationship. The dove goes home feeling loved, appreciated, and he's going to get the, the eagle, he or she, is going to get more work out of that dove than they ever had before just by saying, how are you, and standing still to listen. That makes perfect sense. And that's something that an eagle doesn't really do very often. They're in their own world, right? They're thinking about their own thing. They've got their own issues to deal with. And they're not always, hmm, how can I say, they're not animated. They're probably not interacting. And right. I, I know that when, when they just walk by and ignore people, it does create a problem. It does. But also keep in mind that all four birds, all four letters, D-I-S-C or eagle, parrot, dove, and owl, they all live in every one of us. We happen to put more energy maybe in one area, but we all have the four areas. And when you teach this, it awakens the other birds within you. And you start to tone down the, the uh, eagle and raise up your dove, depending on situation. Mm-hmm. You tend to raise your owl and lower your parrot, depending on the situation. And mm-hmm. what I love about this is Janet Jackson's song, Control. You now <laughs> have control uh-huh. of how you lead how you fly, how you make people feel good about themselves. Because I'm going to tell you, once you learn this, then you start, everybody starts to benefit, everybody starts to grow. And that's when you come together as a team and you are not lonely at the top. Mm, There you go. I love that. I absolutely love that. All right. On that high note, we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about how, Dr. Sawyer works with her clients and who her clients are. We'll be right back. Attention professional authors, coaches, and small business owners. What if you could increase your sales authentically without scripts or the pain of rejection? If you are a realtor, you can make more sales without the fear of being salesy. If you are an entrepreneur, you can eliminate the fear of feeling pushy, get more referrals, and add more money to your bank account with less effort. Welcome to Compel Don't Sell, The Art of Selling with Heart, the next generation in relationship sales brought to you by Maximize Your Wealth Now. The reason that I took this course is because I needed to know how to market and sell in a way that doesn't make me feel bad. Compel Don't Sell totally comes from the heart and connects with people in a way that fits my style and how I would like to approach people. And it gave me the benefit of refining what I think and say about my business in a way that's professional, but still very warm and nurturing. I invested in Shirlene's uh, Compel to Sell sales training program. And 
I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. The reason I took this course was because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Charlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class, because I wanted to sort of up-level my sales skills. And thank you, Charlene, for this amazing class. If you want to learn how to perfect your sales performance, build your bank account, and connect with more of your favorite clients, enter your contact information, and we'll show you how to use heartfelt sales to connect with more of the right prospects and significantly increase your income. Go to MaximizeYourWealthNow.com. And welcome back, everyone. This is Shirlene Reeves, your host on Ascended Masters at Work. And we are having the pleasure of talking to Dr. Janet J. Sawyer about leadership. And I have a really good question. You know, you mentioned that you had 21 things or 21 leadership behaviors. What what would you say those leadership behaviors are? And, and we don't have a whole show for 21 of them, but what do you think are the most important? Well, I'll, I will, I'll, I'll give you five. Is that good? Is that good? Or you want me to go three? Five is good. Okay. Well, uh, one of them is to definitely have knowledge. You need to have knowledge about what you're asking people to do. Now, when I tell leaders that, they're like, wait a minute, I have over 20 employees and I need to know everything they do? And I go, yes. You don't need to know it at the depth of what they know, but you really do need to know what they know. And so this is how you go about doing it. Just sit down and ask. You'll be surprised. <laughs> That's too the- easy. <laughs> It's too easy. Now, when I say that, that's exactly what happens. They go, that's all? Yeah, you don't have to read the book, go through all that. All you have to do is sit down and say, Mary, tell me, um, you you were implementing a new technology here. Tell me what some of the glitches are. Tell me what you need. You will learn so much by gathering knowledge. Just go talk to the people. A lot of times leaders are so busy with meetings and all that kind of stuff that they need to step back and say, I have to go and start talking to people about what I'm asking them to do. And so that's one thing. You have to gather knowledge about what you're asking people to do. Another one that's important, say, for instance, you don't know, and you have training for your staff. You need to be there. You need to be involved. It's called involvement. Mm -hmm. You need to be involved. A lot of times leaders set up all these wonderful training situations, but they never show up. But they expect their employees to show up. That right there puts a sour taste in an employee's mouth, and they totally, this is what they say, oh, he doesn't or she doesn't know what we're doing. So you have to be involved. Sit down at a training uh, with your people instead of just sending them to a training. You need to be with them. Mm -hmm. So it's called involvement. So first of all, gather knowledge and be involved. Communication is another one. And I hope people have a pencil and paper so that they can write these down because you implement this tomorrow and your whole life will shift as a leader. So 
So I'll repeat, knowledge, gather knowledge. And gather it by talking to the people that you're asking to do certain things. If you don't know and you have a training, get involved. Go sit. Don't go in, let be seen, and then leave. You need to be there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of leaders say, I don't have time for that. And I say to them this, do you want the best employees ever? Then you make the time. If it's important for them to go, then it's important for you to be there. So mm-hmm. that's another one of them. Another one is visibility. A lot of people don't see their leaders. Maybe at a glance, or back and forth, but they don't really see them. And so they need to be visible. I remember there was this one leader. There was no way she could be as visible as her staff wanted her to be. So she created a whole club, and she got videoed every Wednesday, and she had it playing in her uh, offices so people thought that they were seeing her all the time. Oh, that's interesting. Wasn't that clever? Very smart. Yes. So to the point where when she had her evaluation and they said, is your principal visible? And they go, oh, yes, we see her all the time. They didn't see her any more than my staff saw me. The difference was that she was being recorded every week and it was being played. Mm. Yeah, and you know what? I talk about this. You know that. In my programs, I talk about the importance of visibility, which goes along with communication. And even when you're an entrepreneur, you need to be visible every week in some way. And and that doesn't mean they have to run from one place to the next and be at every networking group. They can do just like the person you're just talking about right now is to video themselves and send it out. So people feel as though they're still connected to you. And yet you have the freedom to do as you need to do, but they still see you, they know you're there, and they know you're there to support them. Would that be right? Exactly. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So we have knowledge, Mm -hmm. we have involvement, and I think I said communication. Do I say communication yet? You did. Number three is communication. And visibility. But let me tell you the number one. It happens to be the number one in the alphabet of the 21 behaviors. Over 2,500 leaders said, 80-some percent said, this was the one behavior that they had to really improve on. And that was affirmation. Mm. Affirmation. Affirming your people. Not at a uh, picnic. You know, we have those little employee picnics and we have award things and not like that. When I talk about affirmation, is the leader knows what their people are doing and can go right up to somebody and be specific about, I really overheard you speaking to this person on the phone. Your tone of voice was so spot on, and you made it her feel, you had to have made her feel so comfortable. Thank you for being here. Just that mm. is an mm-hmm. affirmation. And that's the number one that those leaders picked to improve on. And I think I kind of understand why, because a lot of the leaders are are really evil. A lot of leaders maybe does, but they picked up that leader, that ego, ego flying Mm -hmm. high. 
Mm-hmm. And they just for, mm-hmm. they forget to come down and land for a minute and really compliment and, and, and really be specific about what that person, what they saw in that person. So affirmation is huge. It's number one in the alphabet of the 21 behaviors, and it's the number one behavior that was selected over the last 10 years of the people I served. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, because it's so easy to appreciate others. It's so easy to um, point out something really awesome that they might have done or something that they accomplished. It, it just really doesn't take much to do that. And I think there's a lot of retraining that needs to start in with a lot of these people, even entrepreneurs that I see, they decide they're going to do something. And I'll use an example. There was a membership I belonged to and I went every month and I volunteered. I understand I was a volunteer. I wasn't even paid. And <clears throat> I was treated so poorly by the leader of the group that I ultimately quit. And I even sat down and talked to her about her behavior because there were others that were feeling the same way I was, but they wouldn't talk to her. And that's another thing that I'd like you to address is those people who won't talk, who won't speak up, or they're afraid to. And, you know, I I just wasn't going to be treated that way. So I left the position and there, there was no benefit given for any of the volunteers. So I... I just couldn't see any practicality in staying there. So what do you do if you've been, you actually sat down and I call it a come to Jesus meeting. (laughs) Uh, You actually sit down and talk to them about their behavior and they say, oh, I, I didn't realize I was that way. But then they go right back to it. How do you deal with the retraining? Well, you know, the first thing I'm going to tell you right now, they just need to take my my uh, workshop on taking flight and understand the birds and understand how to, uh, and the disc profile, which are the same. It just describes it a little bit differently, but they they have to be able to understand who they're talking to. I think in your situation, if I, I you know, I don't know your situation, but just coming off of what you said, the person you were talking to is an eagle. Eagles don't, they haven't awakened their parrot or their doveness, and you're you're thinking they should be more like a dove and be harmonious and and listen and care. Mm-hmm. Eagles care. It's just that they haven't had to raise up that dove in them. So your responsibility is to know you, so that when you do talk to them, if you're talking to an eagle, you have to be very direct. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to a parrot, you've got to be into feelings. If you're talking to a dove, you have to be talking harmonious. If you're talking mm-hmm. to an owl, you have to be specific. So I think the responsibility lies on ourselves to understand who we are so that we know how to shift depending on who we're talking to. Mm, that's so an excellent way to put that. Yeah, she has no idea... She's not trying to hurt anybody. She she sounds like an eagle. And so mm-hmm. your feelings got hurt, but when you talk to that person, you can't go in with the feeling. You have to go into, mm-hmm. this bothers me, and this is what I need from you. Boom, boom. And they'll go, oh, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, but that, then that's what I did, being that you know that I know about this, but it was, oh, okay, and then the next month, the same way. <laughs> right, because it's an ego. It's an ego. Yeah. The only person yeah. in that situation that needed to change was you. That's mm-hmm. the only person, because you were the one being affected. And it's well, and so were all the other volunteers. But but the it other matter. We're talking too. about just you. So mm-hmm. the thing is, is that you made a decision then. You know, and you just have to make a decision. But to ask an eagle to change, you know, especially if they don't realize that they can change, and there are other areas of their uh, focus has not been lifted in a long time. They don't know. They they go back to who they are. It's really up to ourselves to know who we are and how to shift with situations that we put ourselves in. You joined mm. the club. She didn't join you. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you know, Dr. Sawyer, we have Eileen on line one, and I'd really like to um, see what she has to say. If she, you know, what her question is for you, would you mind? Oh no! I hope I can answer it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Are you there, Eileen? Yes. Hi. Hi, Charlene. Hi, Hi, JJ. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. You're welcome. Go ahead. Ask your question. Okay, in a situation where you have a boss and employee and the boss is insecure because, you know, you may have some, you know, expertise that the boss doesn't have um, and the boss is suppressing who you are and, um, but you want to use your full talents uh, and, um, and be the person who you are rather than be subservient to the boss's needs, how do you handle that situation in an employee-superior situation in leadership? Excellent. Excellent question. Oh, that was good. Okay, so let me see if I can answer that question. Let me repeat back and see if I got the question. Okay, so say, for instance, you have a boss, and the boss is insecure. And uh, it's suppressing who you are as a person working there. So you're asking me, how do you handle that? Is that right? How would the employee who would like to be very authentic and be themselves rather than um, be intimidated by a boss's insecure, how, how would that, um, you know, sustain itself where that uh, employee can, um, you know, gain a foothold in, in a company where, you know, they're being uh, put down by an insecure boss. Oof. Well, yeah, that's true, because you sure can't go to the boss saying you're insecure, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> not very well. You can't go to that <laughs> boss's boss. Yeah. Yeah, that won't go very well. I think that that is a very interesting uh, situation to be in, because what do you do? Because, you know, the reason why the boss seems insecure is because they really are. They're not sure of what they're doing as a leader, um, and they need to call me. So give me my name, and I can help you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but the thing is, in this situation, I think the employee probably has to do some work on themselves as far as how to approach that person that's insecure. 
Now, I am pretty bold, and so I, I would approach my boss, but I would approach it more like, I just want to know how I can support you. And just listen. As an employee, another thing is the employee may have to make a decision to move on. The thing that is the biggest reason why people leave their position at, at companies is not because of money. It's because they don't feel valued, respected by the leader. And so they have, you either have to stay there and deal with it or you got to get the courage enough to leave it. But if you know, if you learn who you are as far as the disc or the bird, you will learn how to approach that insecure boss. And it's probably a dove because doves like harmony. And when uh, doves make wonderful leaders, wonderful leaders. But sometimes they get a little insecure because people aren't happy all the time. And member does like harmony. And so they get a little nervous. And so they might come off more like what you described, I mean. So when you get to know who you are, you'll be able to go in there and be a dove-like and let the person break it down. And the, the leader will when they feel safe with an employee. But event, that, that leader probably does not feel safe. And so give him my name. My name is J.J. Sawyer. <laughs> Consulting. <laughs> I hope and that I'll answered your question, Eileen. Um, that's a really good question. And it, maybe the first thing also that I would do is figure out which personality type that they are so mm-hmm. that you could relate differently and then maybe they wouldn't feel so insecure. Would that be right, J.J.? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. sometimes the employees go in, you're not doing this, 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 and they get defensive. The leader gets defensive instead of coming in the way that they are. So, yes, I agree with you. The more, I don't care if you, everybody is a leader, okay? That's one thing that I need to make clear to everybody that's listening. Most leaders don't realize the importance of their work and their role. They really don't. And so once they get into the role, they don't know what to do. And so then you see the defensiveness. Do what I say, not what I do. You know, that kind of thing. But as an employee today, I think it's your responsibility as an employee to understand who you are, how you, what energy you put in the four areas in the DISC, and if you like to refer to it as eagle and and parrot and dove and owl, you now are responsible for you. So that when you go into that leader, you can spot who they are, shift your bird to where that person's bird is, and then the conversation can start. Mm. But today, we cannot always blame it on leaders. We have to be responsible to know who we are as employees. Excellent. Excellent. Eileen, thank you so much for your question. That was really wonderful. And we're going to take a minute break and we'll be back with some final thoughts with Dr. J.J. Sawyer. And I want you to be thinking about what it is you might do as a leader, you might have done in the past, or you're doing now 
and the repercussions that you're getting. And then think about what you could be doing differently. Be right back. Attention, professional authors, coaches, and small business owners. What if you could increase your sales authentically without scripts or the pain of rejection? If you are a realtor, you can make more sales without the fear of being salesy. If you are an entrepreneur, you can eliminate the fear of feeling pushy, get more referrals, and add more money to your bank account with less effort. Welcome to Compel Don't Sell, The Art of Selling with Heart, the next generation in relationship sales brought to you by Maximize Your Wealth Now. The reason that I took this course is because I needed to know how to market and sell in a way that doesn't make me feel bad. Compel Don't Sell totally comes from the heart and connects with people in a way that fits my style and how I would like to approach people. And it gave me the benefit of refining what I think and say about my business in a way that's professional, but still very warm and nurturing. I invested in Shirlene's uh, Compelled to Sell sales training program. And I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. The reason I took this course is because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Shirlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class because I wanted to sort of up-level my sales skills. And thank you, Shirlene, for this amazing class. If you want to learn how to perfect your sales performance, build your bank account, and connect with more of your favorite clients, enter your contact information, and we'll show you how to use heartfelt sales to connect with more of the right prospects and significantly increase your income. Go to MaximizeYourWealthNow.com. And welcome back for our final segment. I always feel like the show goes so fast and we've learned so much from JJ Sawyer. And I know she has some final thoughts for you. And mostly I want you to know how to get in touch with her in case you would like some leadership tips. So give us your thought for a takeaway that we could do today to make a difference in our leadership skills. Well, one thing that uh, in my workshops that I do is I teach them the power of 48. The power of 48 is what is the next step you're going to take in 48 hours from the aha moment you may have heard from listening to this radio show. You may have taken away those five leadership behaviors, and and in the next 48 hours you start to look at them, print them out, put them up in your office, and just start to become more aware. That could be something you could do in 48 hours. So that's one thing Excellent. that I would like, like to share is uh, that powerful. Can we just say what they were once again? Would you I'm like sure to go can. just quickly say them again? Knowledge. You want to gain knowledge about what you are asking people to do and the way you do that. It's just 
go sit down and talk to them about what's working and what's not. You want to get involved. If you're, if you're having a workshop for your employees, you need to be there. And you need to be there all the whole time because that will gain you so much respect. Another thing is you got to communicate. The different ways of communicating and using that disc and understanding it, which is only a 10-minute assessment, and you will find out and then a debrief how to communicate, shift your behavior depending on who's in front of you. Visibility is so important. They need to see you. They need to see that you're coming around. And, of course, the last one was affirmation. Who are you going to affirm tomorrow? Who are you going to affirm in the next 48 hours? That's the power of 48. Well, I'm going to affirm you because you just did a fabulous job of getting your point across. So tell us how they can reach you or, how, you know, what you'd like to offer them that's special so that they could ramp up on their leadership skills. Well, one thing, the way you reach me is Janet J. Sawyer, S-A-W-Y-E-R, at gmail.com. And, and the people that are probably resonating with me are the clients that I am, I am definitely after. And that is effective managers and leaders that have actually been leading for a very long time, but they've also led um, Gen X, and those are five- to seven-year people, but all of a sudden now they have millennials, which are my favorite. But millennials really are two years shelf life, and so that's the leader I need to work with as well. Another one is, is the one that, um, you know, where they found themselves in the leadership position and now they have these people. How do you create a cohesive team? How do you do that? And so that's the other client. And then, the, of course, the last client is you have been promoted and you don't know what you're doing. Those are the three well, people. That Dr. I Sawyer, think. we have literally run out of time. And oh, um, I, I so, I'm so glad that you've been with me. And I just want to say quickly, I look forward to having everybody else with us next week. And thank you so much, Dr. Sawyer. You've been amazing. See you next week, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Ascended Masters at Work Radio. We hope you gained insights that will change the way you do business, generate a consistent income, and provide a new enlightened path toward financial freedom and designing the lifestyle of your dreams. Join us again next Wednesday, live at 6 p.m. Pacific Time on BBS Radio. Don't forget to get in the queue early to receive your personalized business coaching experience. And if you simply can't wait to purchase Shirlene's book, Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom at sellingthroughyourheart.com.